So um, I just want to share a couple of things along that line that I shared this morning. And uh, I think it'll bring some clarity to this portal. And uh, pastors asked me to share on it. And I kind of was listening this morning and I was really encouraged. And then um, pastor made a comment, um, feelings have nothing to do with it. Who gets confused, especially my Kingdom Emotions students, when you hear feelings have nothing to do with it, but God's interested in your feelings? Like who gets confused? Let's be real. Hang on, you're telling me to feel, you're telling me to emote, but now you're telling me they got nothing to do with it. Okay, so I want to bridge the gap. All right, I want to bring the connection to understanding how feelings, okay? Yeah, you can record this. Thank you. Tell me when you're recording so that people online know what we're doing. Bless you. So again, welcome online to our Sunday service. Tonight is a special service because Portals is taking over. Hallelujah. And as our Portals team are getting ready and prepared to come on, Pastor Tony shared just then on his word from this morning's service about the love of God and understanding the value that the Father puts on our life and how when you choose to love first, that was all about choosing to love. And Jesus said, you know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You'll do what I ask. But I asked the congregation here, I said, especially my Kingdom Emotion students, who gets confused by this? Because sometimes you get told, okay, well, you get told by me. I'll put myself out there. You get told by me, oh, God wants you to feel. He's interested in your heart, you know, the heart of the Father. And then you also hear your feelings have nothing to do with it. So again, show of hands, who gets confused by that? Okay, cool. So one thing that we talked about in Kingdom Emotions, which um, I think is really, really pertinent to this and powerful, is the difference between feeling and emotion. Okay? Um, shock, horror, feelings and emotions are not the same thing. Okay? Turn to your neighbour and say they're different. Okay? It's important that you understand that because what Hollywood has done is attach your emotion to your feelings. Can I go there? Okay. So in Hollywood culture, feeling equals emotion. Oh, I feel this way about that person. Oh, I feel this way about that person. I feel this way about that situation. And then what you see on the screen is that feeling is the emotion that they live. But in God's culture and dynamic, it is not how it works. Okay, what is the difference? Let me give you a little education system. Laura, if you're there, can you please bring up my uh, three circles that I love to use? The five circles, sorry, image from Kingdom Emotion. We're just going to go over this again because this is really important that you get what God is saying. It will be a key for your life. Okay, if you believe it, say amen. Yeah. Amen. So, Feelings come, believe it or not, from your heart. They don't come from your soul. Okay? So, uh, not that one. The five circle one would be better. So, what is feel? Ah, here we go. So, we have, I like to walk over here and do a little demonstration. So, we have feeling in this area, not in this area. 
This area is where emotions are generated. So feeling starts with belief. Mm, Think about it. Feeling starts with belief because in order for you to feel something, you have to believe something. And where do you believe? You believe first in your heart. Out of the issues of the heart will come the issues of life. So what you believe in here will affect first what you feel. Then with what you feel, you will choose what you emote. Mm. Let me give you a demonstration. Eli, come forward. You got that button up shirt on? Come forward. I like to use active. Bring that button up shirt up here. Yeah, wear it. I gave it to you for a reason. I knew the Lord told me to bless you with that shirt. Okay, stand here. So this is how it works, right? The scripture, right? We'll make you look, pop your collar for me for a second. There you go. All right. Now, so your heart is the top button. Your heart is the top button. So what you believe in your heart will set the course for everything else. Now, if the top button... Right, now from there, do all your buttons up. Can someone come and do it? Sorry, my hands. No, you do it. Just do, no, no, no. Do it off, uneven. Do your buttons uneven. There we go. So this is what happens. That's even. That's what should happen. Bring it down one more. There we go. Yep. There we go. Do that one to that one. There we go. Now keep going. Keep going. Next one. So this is what happens when your heart is not believing the right thing. It's the top button and everything else follows suit. But what you try to do is you try to correct the bottom button. You try to change what you emote rather than getting to what you believe and feel. So we got Christians all around us never getting to the top button. And the top button is connected to what you believe because your heart takes input from two places. Okay, step to the side for me over there. You're being a great, great model. Let's give him a hand. Hallelujah. You're a chef, you're a model, you're a camera operator, a basketball player, only in Jesus. Your heart takes input from your spirit. Look at the circles. They connect on the spirit and the soul. So your heart is taking input from a, as you as spiritual beings are taking input from your spirit man. Your spirit man is feeding into your heart, right? Then also what's feeding into your heart is your soul because the soul is connected. So there's two types of input coming in. So this is where feeling is generated. Faith starts in your spirit, man. It goes into your heart and you get this feeling of belief, this feeling of connecting it 
with something that you can then process through to your soul, which gives you an emotion of what you believe. Following along with me? Then your emotion of what you believe connects to the thoughts that you generate about what you believe. So everything starts with a belief system. Everything. So feeling is not emotion and emotion is not feeling. All right. So when the Lord says that He wants to get you to your feelings, don't mistake it for emotions. He wants to get to your emotions, but most importantly to Him is get to your feelings because what you feel is connected to what you believe about yourself, what you believe about others, what you believe about Him. And if you want to change how you feel, you've got to change what you believe. Now, see, I can change my emotions without changing what I believe. But if I want to change what I feel, which is my inner faith, my inner belief system, I have to come back. I have to just fix it now because it's really annoying. Okay. I have to get my top button aligned before I can get every other button, button aligned. And this is what the whole, keep going. This is what the Father is trying to do in this message to talk to you about value and love and choice. Because He's saying, until you choose to believe what I believe about you, anything else will be out of alignment. You can say all the Scriptures you want. You can have all the deliverance you want. But those buttons won't line up because the top button is not in alignment. Makes sense, right? Okay, so this is the difference. Don't mistake feeling for emotion. See, Hollywood says, oh, I feel like, oh, I feel like I love that person. But what they're really saying is, I feel, meaning feel the emotion of loving. But the real word in the Hebrew feel is heart, belief attached to what I inwardly and convicted by and for in here. This is why Paul said, okay, I do the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things I do want to do. A wretched man that I am. There's a war. Where's the war going on? Between heart and soul. The heart wants to feel the spirit, but the soul wants to emote the flesh. Who feels that war? It's called an inner war, Right? And as the believer, more and more every day, you conquer that war by renewing your mind so that your mind listens to your heart. Okay? And again, this is why Paul said, I purposed in my heart. How can you purpose in your heart? He attached a belief. And that belief generated a feeling. That feeling fed the emotion. That emotion led to the right thoughts and that right thoughts led to the right body processes. Everyone get following along? I'm giving you a crash course in this. This is what we teach in moving the invisible boundaries of the heart. All right, I'm not teaching this much in Kingdom Emotions. Again, top button, doesn't he look dapper? Look at that. Top button is in alignment. Everything else will line up. If your heart has the right belief system about Father God, everything else will line up. If you believe God is a hard taskmaster, 
It doesn't matter how many things you try, nothing will change until you fix your top button. Okay? And I remind you of the word of Dr. Bill Hammond. It's April 3rd. Happy birthday, Debbie. Hallelujah. It's April 3rd, guys. The word of Dr. Bill Hammond was, I am coming in the months of April to settle the accounts. Okay? To see if you, like that man with the talents, have buried it in the ground because you've called me hard and stiff. Or to see if you have taken what I've given you. And because, I'm going to paraphrase, your top button belief system about who I am is in line with who I am. You have produced dividends on what I've given you. You'll never produce dividends if your top button is not aligned. Okay? Now, I'm not bringing condemnation to you. People might think, oh, well, I haven't been very good with what he's given me. Start with your heart. Don't start with anything else. Start with what He's given you in getting your heart and your belief systems right. Okay? Everything else will fall in line. What does that mean? If God's trying to change you, He's trying to get to what you believe about life. He's trying to get to what you believe about yourself. He's not interested in exchanging emotion temporarily for a temporary moment. Because He's about getting interest. If he just exchanges your emotion, you'll, you'll change emotion tomorrow. Right. He's got to get to what you believe. Do you believe you're a son? Or do you still believe deep down that you're a servant? Because that's what he's got to get to. That's what he's got to say, right. Ah, there's the feeling that I need to touch. Okay. Now you've been so focused on emotions but the Lord is going deeper to feelings. And I hope that understanding from this, you get the difference. Okay, so this is important. Thank you, move over there again. You're being so obedient. Thank you so much. Um, this is important. The spirit of a believer feeds the heart. The spirit feeds the heart, okay? Then the heart feeds the soul. Then the soul, the brain, the brain, the body. Now, like we did on that Process TV show, a lot of you have been trying to change from the third circle forward. You've been getting to soul and you've been thinking, right, if I fix things on this level, here's a thing for you. I just got it from the Holy Spirit. If I fix, write this down. What do you believe about God? Is he more interested in fixing you or loving you? Oh, that's going to bring some questions up. Do you believe Father God is more interested in fixing you or loving you? Because the moment you believe someone needs to be fixed, rejection is attached. Okay? It's a subconscious rejection. Because if I need to fix something, it means it's not right. It's not complete. It's not enough. And this is where your self-performance, self-works tries to attach. Because you say, oh, well, God's only interested in fixing me. Not loving me. He's interested in me being an A+. So you do all you can to be the A+. And then 
the, the enemy tells you, oh, your value is in being the A+. Okay, but again, come back, Eli. That is a button that's out of line. Get to your heart. Find out. Find out if your button has been telling you he's interested in fixing you because that's going to throw everything else out of alignment. When you find out he's interested in loving you, that can connect to the next button, the next button, the next button, the next button. Everything ends up where it's meant to be. Okay? So I hope that that helps you. Did that help you? Just a little demonstration. Thanks, Eli. Great job. You can go back to being cameraman now. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that ties in with what Pastor Tony shared about the Father and His love. Okay, because if you understand the real love of the Father, then you'll understand that it starts at the heart and what you focus on in the heart, what you believe will overflow into all those other areas. Okay, Eli, can you grab Pastor Robin? We're going to do a portal called the Double Adar. Pastor Tony, come on up. Hallelujah. Adar. Double Adar. Everybody say, Adah. Adah. Okay, this is going to be a very quick portal. It's not going to be a long one because we're going to get straight into what the Holy Spirit is saying. We're going to talk about the Esther-Mordecai dynamic and how in your life you must always have two experiences, not just one. And funny enough, we just came into the month of Adar. Does anyone know what that is? In the Hebrew calendar, the month of Adar was when Esther was given the right by the king to stand and fight for her people. It's the Purim month. And funny enough, this year, does anyone see how the lights were, the northern lights could be seen, they were seen? Because of how the... the the globe, well, how the dome had aligned in the sky. Well, that's very significant because this year in 2022, according to the Hebrew calendar, I'm giving you prophetic numerology here, we fall into a double Adar. It's actually a Hebrew leap year this year. So we get a double month. And prophetically, what that shows is that we get a double month of God showing how He fights for us. We get a double month of standing up and fighting for ourselves. Okay? So that's why we called it double Adar. Not double Dar, double Adar. Because you got to say it with a coffee accent. Double Adar. Okay. Okay, so I'll start talking and then maybe you can give us a background. And Shanae is getting ministry, so let's praise God for that. Hallelujah. That's important. And let's going to test this now. Team, do we have our portals? Oh, I hear it.
jump on and fix that for me. Thank you. Doing a drum roll for you, mate. <laughs> We're coming through uh, Tim's input, just so everyone knows. But it'll take a couple of weeks to explain that. Esther is um, pretty much a representative of um, our our favour as the church with the King of Kings. And um, historically, as you know the story, she was an orphan who was raised by her cousin Mordecai. So I would say that Mordecai's uncle and aunt had died in the Babylonian invasion of Jerusalem. And Esther was taken as a slave or taken as a refugee to Babylon with her cousin Mordecai and his family. And and Mordecai raised up, um, I think her name was Hadadassah originally, um, as his own daughter um but she's always she always knew that they were cousins right and um as the story goes there was a time where the uh king of persia um had a wife who didn't comply (laughs) understandably under some of the circumstances vashti was expelled as queen and from the kingdom and um the king's counsellors suggested that a search be made for a more worthy queen who would 
meet all the needs of the king and the the status of of, of queenship, if that's a word, in the uh, in the kingdom. And out of all of the young women who were presented before um, King, I think it was Artaxerxes. I can't I can't pronounce the other name. Asherus. Um, um, Esther was the one chosen. There were a couple of scary moments for Esther. Okay, number one was when she first found out that Haman, the evil man representing the um, Amalekites, he had plotted to destroy all the Jews in the kingdom and unknowing to Haman, Esther had kept her heritage as a Jewess hidden and this was under the instruction of her uncle. You're right. Everything good now? And um, she kept that under wraps. She didn't reveal that she was of Jewish origin. And I think that was going to be... Um, the, the life she was going to have, she was going to always not let it, not allow her heritage to be known to the king because the Jews were all captives brought to Babylon and they were really looked down upon. That could have been a, a reason for the king not to choose her as queen. Okay? A king should not be marrying uh, a young woman who's been taken captive um, by one of his victories, all right? She should normally their their royal bloodline women, and so this is possibly why Mordecai told her, "Don't reveal your heritage." But when the threat came against the Jewish people, now that the the now that his cousin was married to the king and she was the queen of the kingdom, he suggested to her, "Don't." think that you're going to escape what's coming upon all the Jews just because the king doesn't know about it yet. If you don't step up and help us, Mordecai said, God will help us another way. This is why I say the book is really about Mordecai because this whole trial started because Mordecai wouldn't bow down to Haman. Right? Anyway, long story short, uh, came an opportunity for her to step up and she uh, arranged a couple of drinking parties. It's, they call it a banquet, a wine banquet. I call it a drinking party. And um, she arranged for Haman to be there as a special guest. And that's when she dropped the truth bomb. This man is trying to destroy my people and me. What can you do for me? Can right? I come in? Go ahead. I think that we need to look at this two uh, different individuals and find out how God wants us to behave with a character maybe like Esther sometimes and maybe like Mordecai other times. So that's what I'm going to bring forward tonight. There are times when you're to be Mordecai and there are times when you're to be Esther. Now, Esther had a quality that was able to use something 
that in the world they might call it manipulation because she put in conversation to the king, uh, would you have us killed? Would you have the, me, the queen? And she brought it out in such a way someone's trying to kill us. Not us, but kill. You know, and I'm the queen and yet they're trying to do this. And she was bringing Haman's, uh, his sin out in such a way. What was the result of that was that, ha- that the king actually said what she was saying. So she didn't manipulate him like we do in the world and in the church. When we can't get our way, we manipulate the situation and the conversation. And one of the big ones with Esther Pastor was she didn't manipulate the conversation. But when you're playing with manipulation, which is witchcraft, you will play with the conversation. She didn't. She allowed God to show him what was happening, but she had to introduce it because she was the one that was standing in the king's presence. She was the one that had his heart. Mordecai did not have his heart. She had his heart. So surely, surely the king wouldn't allow someone to kill us, kill me. Huh? You see what I'm saying? So she was working with the Spirit of God so that God could bring about, wow, tell me, tell me right now, who's doing that? You understand what I'm saying? She had incredible wisdom. And she had wisdom because God gave her wisdom because she was in the king's presence. She had to have wisdom because she was coming up against things all the time. So rather than manipulation, we should always have wisdom. So just a little thought there for you. And the other... Oh, I got it. Sorry, I'm not used to pressing the button. I got a gym. And the other thing is that she had wisdom, but she had gentleness. She was as wise as a serpent and as gentle as a dove. Now, if she'd come in roaring like Mordecai, uh uh-uh, she wouldn't have got the same response. And so there are times when we are to have the character of Esther in conversation. And there are times when we're to have a strong conversational place like Mordecai, where you know what God has said. And he said it to Esther. If you don't do it, then God will raise someone else up. That determined. But they were both God. 
And that's that's where I wanted to Something come important in. about the dynamic is um, the, the, the dynamic of wisdom. Um, wisdom comes from being emotionally attached. Mm-hmm. You can't get wisdom for a situation if you're not emotionally attached. Somebody needs to come up and okay. ring those bells. And so um, come, you come. see this with Esther. Um, when Yeah, Jihang, you can come be the, yeah, the presser if you want. Come be in I our I bestow place. upon you the anointing. This is the button here. Beautiful. Round of applause, please, for Jihang. Jihang is our press secretary. What's important about this thing is... Remember, when, when, when Mordecai found out what Haman was going to do, he put on sackcloth and ashes, right? And he sat in the city gate mourning so loud that people would hear him. And he called all of those Jews that had the real burden that, you know, of what was about to take place to do the same thing. So it says in the text there, it says that all throughout the provinces of the king, there were Jews wearing sackcloth and ashes and mourning. And these were the Jews that, you know, meant business. There were some Jews that were in this marketplace still that were going along for the ride that really didn't get the burden. But why I'm saying that is it's really important because Esther was not aware of the morning. That's right. She was not emotionally engaged at that moment. Why? Because she was living in a very nice palace. Why would she be? Look where she was living. Separated from what was going on. Now, God could not bestow upon her the wisdom that she needed if she stayed in separation from what was going on emotionally. Okay, so sometimes we think like, you know, well, I don't want to get involved because I want to have a different outlook. No, you need to get involved to get the wisdom of the Lord. All right, because that's the world's way. The world's way is, no, if I'm, if I'm not involved and I have you at a distance, I can give you a wiser perspective. But God says, no, if your heart is not knitted to the situation, you won't get any perspective that's his. And this is important because Esther sends her servant down to tell Mordecai, here's some really nice robes that I've got for you. Put them on. Put them on. Stop wailing. What are you wailing about? She didn't even know. And then God uses Mordecai to say, tell Esther, this is what Haman has decreed. Right? So they go back and they tell Esther. And then they say, tell Esther, Mordecai gets very blunt. And he says, listen, deliverance for the Jews will arise from somewhere else, even if you don't do what God's called you to do. But if you don't do it, guess what? Your house and your father's house will all perish. Because you've got an opportunity to not be separated from this for such a time as this. You were called to be emotionally engaged. Yeah, come on. To be involved for your people. So when we go in for such a time as this, what are we really saying? We're in that time for such a time as this. And so many people in the church want to go back to yesterday's time. Let me tell you something. I got a revelation from the Lord today and he spoke to me and he said, if they go back, I can't come. Come on, get that. He can't come if they go back to the way they were. You've got to move. 
move forward so the Lord can come. So, we have to get involved, Pastor. We have to emotionally get involved. You say, oh, I'm just waiting to see the way things go. Okay, wait. Wait, but you get left behind. Keep waiting. You see, you look at the example of the Jews' release. Our team is screaming in the back. Sorry, I'm very excited about this. You look at the example of the Jews' release. They had to be involved. God wasn't going to fight it for them. He gave them what they needed to fight it. But he wasn't going to fight it for them. Why? Because he's already done the work. They have to take the work that he's done. Come on, guys. We are in the times right now where we are being given things right now. What are we doing with them? I'm waiting for the doors to open to work situations. Don't, they won't get out there and find the door. Get led by the Spirit of God. Led by the Spirit of God. I'm serious. Get out there, ask God, where do I go? What do I do? Who do I see? That's what she did. That's what the Jews did. They didn't say, hey, she's got it all for us now. She's the queen. Nope. No way. This is a time as this right now. That's why God put the scripture for such a time as this in in the time of Esther. Yep. It has to be. Yep. You see, I'm waiting, I'm waiting till everything sorts itself out. I'm waiting till everything calms down. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Stop waiting and start seeing where God's moving. So April 1st, we transitioned out of the month of Adar, that double Adar which I told you about, that prophetic double anointing to fight. And we moved into the month of Nisan. This is the Passover month, right? This is the month that Jesus gave his life. So this is the beginning of the year, prophetically, right? Now let me read you some things that are attached to this month, okay? So this is the tribe of Judah are attached to this month. That means praise is important. Praise will precede your victory in this month. Come on, guys. Write not them down. Your, not your victory to bring praise. Not you get a victory and because you got a victory, you praise him. You oh. praise him before you get the victory. Another thing that comes in this month is beginning of miracles. Dr. Bill Hammond said angels are on assignment, assignment. to carry out the bidding of the saints and the word of the Lord according to those who have not carried or put their talents in the ground. So with that knowing, every day I've been saying, right, angels, where are you assigned today? Where can I release you today? Because you've got to go and do my bidding. This is your month to do it. You do it every other month, but there's a prophetic significance on this month. Another thing that comes out of this month is this is the first month of the Hebrew calendar. This is the first fruits month. 
And let me come in there, Pastor, for Go a for second it. and just tell you that we are sowing for tomorrow. I heard it from the Lord today. We need to be ready to sow for tomorrow. You think you're sowing for today. You are not. You will reap today, but you sow for tomorrow. Another thing that comes with this month, in line with what Pastor Robin has just said, the twos in this month are very important. Heaven and earth are looking every day to connect. In the month of April. In the month of April, please write this down because it's a big thing for your life. Heaven and earth are looking to connect. Heaven's resources are looking to connect with an earthly outfield. Okay? But what it requires is someone that is emotionally involved. Because the two cannot connect if you're not emotionally involved. All right? That's scripture where two of you agree. The two, the, the, the of you there is put in by translators. That's what I just said. The two of you agree and it shall be established in my no. name. The of you is put there by modern translators. It was not in the original text. So when Jesus says when the two agree and in the previous verse, he talks about heaven and earth. So when heaven and earth agree, then it shall be established and you can ask for whatever you need in my name and it will be granted to you. But we've been going around for so long going, oh, agree with me, agree with me. Yeah, okay, okay. I'm going to uh, agree with me. I'm going to get a husband. Okay, yeah, okay. Now I'm going to get a husband. Okay, yeah, we're going to get a wife. Yep. You're, making a God. You're making a God out of your agreement. And this is the double, this is the double anointing, all right, that we're Hit talking it. about. This is the Esther and the Mordecai. There's a double, okay, and in the world would say it because they stole it from us. They would say the yin-yang, but it's not. It's the double anointing, okay? So in this month, there's a double anointing. There's Esther experience and there's Mordecai experience. And to get to both, you've got to be emotionally involved. You can't tell the Lord, okay, yeah, well, you just let me know when you need me. Let me know when you need me. Come on. That's got to go. Don't let the religion of keeping a prophecy... Keep you from being emotionally involved. Because there's a religion around keeping prophecy. Come on. This is prophetic church. And we fall into this religious dogma about, well, but God said this. But guess what? He gets to change. He gets to expand it. God gets to say what he wants to say. Prophecy and is, when he wants to say it. Prophecy is progressive. We always focus on the partial and the conditional. But it's progressive. And if he gave you the full picture at the beginning, you would say, sorry, it's too much to pay. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe I don't need to have faith anymore. So the progression is, look, with our house, the Lord said, right, I'm going to build you a house. Now, in my heart, no, not going anywhere near New Jersey. If you told me New Jersey in the beginning, I would have said, you are rebuked in the name of Jesus. But as it I've went through, that. and only because my religion said, no, he said Manhattan. And if we go out of Manhattan, then we're breaking the word of the Lord. Come on, you've thought like that. I've thought like that. And we've missed, missed out on blessings because our religion has gotten in the way of God being God. 
Pastor, you comment on that. <laughs> what do you think, Josiah? Amen. Nah, come on. Um, well, I don't know. I, I didn't really have a problem with New Jersey. <laughs> but uh, only because I understand that spiritual authority is not necessarily drawn on physical lines. Like I said to the family, does Donald Trump only have... Uh, jurisdiction over Washington, D.C.? Of course not. We wouldn't say the other one because he's not president. Right. He's uh, a any, resident. Any president of any nation... He's the resident. <laughs> <laughs> I never mention names. Nobody can knock me off. Now, it's, it's, it's a change of thinking because we were... Like, we've given 12 years to Manhattan and we felt we needed to live in Manhattan to establish spiritual authority, and we have. But the Lord said to pastor, I'm increasing your boundaries, right? Sure. So, again, to use, say, a, the President of the United States, he doesn't just have influence over the United States. No. He actually has influence over the whole world. Yes. And so, same with the church. Like, the, the apostles had influence beyond Jerusalem, beyond Judah, they had authority over certain parts of the world. So we're, we're learning how to expand our, our boundaries authoritatively as the Lord leads us. But can you see how what I, the mindset that I had and many of us have, the religion attached to it, well, can't leave Manhattan because we'll lose authority. But that doesn't reflect a good father. Well, that... That never happened. That really. reflects my work, that never, not his work. That never happened yep. to Esther. That's the key. I mean, she lived in a palace, but she was going after the authority everywhere. Because God was, God was equipping the Jews not just to fight near the palace, to fight everywhere. Wherever a Jew was, that was the ground that they had to take. And I think for so long, we've fallen into this fear of not, I'm probably going to touch on your heartstrings, we've fallen into this fear of not walking the word out yeah. to its nth degree, here I go, that we haven't allowed the progression of the word to manifest because we've been so focused on the conditions of the word... Whoa, and not the progression of the word. And that's a God. This conditions. Is, this is robbing God of his glory because, yes, prophecy is conditional, but the condition is do you say yes to what he says to do? If you fulfill that condition, then whatever he asks you to do, you'll do. Remember, top button. Is your top button, yes, Lord, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do. Because then every other button will fall into alignment. But we've been so focused on all the other buttons. Well, I've got to get that because that's a condition. You know, the Lord told me that I'm going to have my own business. So I can't go out and find work. I can't get any blessings except it being my own business. Come on, that is a mindset. That's a mindset that we have. And we think, oh, okay, yeah, because that's being faithful to the word. And if I don't do what he said, and if I don't seek to it to the T... I'm sorry, isn't that religion? Because religion says God can only be this big, this wide, this is the T, and he doesn't get to do it. Progression. 
He's prog- so the Lord said to me about New Jersey, he said, guess what? My sovereignty is I get to change my mind. My sovereignty is I get to show you the fullness of my mind that you weren't ready for in the beginning. And I, I never changed my mind. I just got to show you more of it. I, I have the right to progress my own word. And I have the right to have an interruptible argument, another point of view, another perception. You got one perception, you stay with it. You remind me, and I remind myself of this, and that is I could only write one gospel because I'd need to have three other perceptions, wouldn't I? Because God is all four perceptions of the gospel, not just one. But, Pastor, you need to explain, guys, the progression in Esther. Mordecai, out of nowhere gets remembered by the king. And honoured. This comes left field. And honoured. And he becomes the prime minister. And. So that's every bit of what God wanted in the first place. And he brought it about. And so if we recognise for such a time as this, it is now time for the church to be equipped to be out there fighting against the enemy. Guys, I got news for you. The devil's not waiting. Why is the church waiting? Oh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Well, keep waiting. I don't know how long you're going to wait for, but the devil doesn't wait. He's out there causing problems all the time. The enemy, of course, it's not the devil. He only picks on one area, someone who's high. Mm. But the demons, the demons are out there and they're being being, uh, controlled by him and given orders where to hit. Where you're not filling the gap. Depress it, Jesus. I got a word from the Lord for you. The Lord says this If you're waiting through fear, you're not waiting, you're stalling. Wow. Okay, okay. no more stalling. Now, what I wanted to mention before we close, because we've already gone for so long. Hallelujah. Really? Pastor, Can talk I have about a few more minutes. the original Who would like plan. a few more minutes? The original plan, uh, the original plan about what God had set in motion with this whole story and how he added progression, Mordecai being blessed. But we were reading it the other day and we said, guess what? When Mordecai was blessed, Haman was told by the king, you take him and you parade him through the streets and you do it with all your strength. Haman didn't get to go around and be like, this is Mordecai. This is the one that the king delights to honor in. He had to be emotionally connected. Now, see, when the Lord can make your enemies be emotionally connected to bless you because of the progression of the word and the original plan, it's like the devil will, even in his accusation, he will be affirming what God has said about you. That's what I just said. Even in his accusation, listen for it. He will be affirming what God has said you are. Because why would he accuse you of not being it if you weren't that in the first place? This is the key. This is the key. Okay? 
And what's important about Esther's story is the original plan. The progression happened. The progression happened. Mordecai saves the king's life. That doesn't get remembered straight away. And then the Lord says, right, now I'm going to progress this word. This is not about you, just Esther. This is about Mordecai because I'm getting him into a position because the original plan was what God was interested in. Remember, Haman was a descendant of King Agag, right? Pastor Tony's going to give us the history, why this is so important. Tell them about when Saul didn't kill the Amalekites like he was told to. Uh, the survivors went and, again, they built a nation for Amalek. Amalek is the father of the Amalekites. The last we hear of them is when David's family was um, raided at Ziglag. Remember, he lost his, his wives and his men lost all their wives and children. And they were ready to stone David. They were so devastated by that attack. And the scripture says, David went before the Lord and he consoled himself in the Lord. And he asked the Lord, shall I go and attack these Amalekites? And the Lord said, go and you will surely recover everyone. And that's what happened. Except they killed everyone except 600 young men who escaped on camels. Out of those 600, one of them was a descendant of King Agag. Agag was the king that Samuel slaughtered before the Lord. So one of his sons must have been part of that company of 600 who went on to carry on the Amalekite line, which Saul was told to destroy. And then Haman turns up hundreds of years later, right, as an Agagite. That means he's a descendant of King Agag, the Amalekite. And this is why that hatred between the Amalekites and, and Jews, that came up in Haman straight away. He just didn't want to kill Mordecai. He wanted to kill all, all the, the Jews. Jews. And this is why, Pastor, we go back to the original plan. God used this story to finish and tie up a loose end that should have been tied up in the first place. Oh, my God. Because Haman got hung and then all his sons got, sons got hung. Yeah. Pastor got, wants to mention something. Yeah. No, I have a, a word from the Lord. And uh, I'm going to have you think about this for a minute. In the book of Esther, it speaks for such a time as this. Who do you think that affects? Everyone in the world? Does it affect evil? Or does it just affect God's people? Ask yourself that question. Who was that being written to? Because I have news for you. Only God's people. It does not apply to the world. It does not apply to evil. It only applies to those that belong to God. And this is where you're getting it mixed up. You're applying it to everything. For such a time as this, God gave them what they needed to defeat their enemy. Why would he give something to the enemy to defeat the enemy? He was only giving it to God's people. 
He wasn't giving it to the world. He wasn't giving it to evil. He was only giving it to God's people. Do you understand? Stop putting it on everything out there and start saying, oh, for such a time as this, this is happening. And for such a time as this, COVID's happening. And for such a time as this, this is happening. That is not scriptural. For such a time as this, at that moment when it was written, was for the, sorry, for Esther and overcoming the enemy. Why do you give it away with a pound of tea? Why do you give it away with a cup of soup? Why is the church... Aren't we taking it as our inheritance? It's our inheritance. It's for God's people. For such a time as this, he gives the ability to defeat the enemy. Come on, you need to give it up for the Lord. You need to stand up and give it up for God. The enemy doesn't get to say, oh, this is my time. God said, this is my time. Show me in the scriptures where it says that, please. Because it does not. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard. Do you understand what I'm telling you? When the enemy comes in like a flood, God says, this is such a time for my people to be equipped to deal with the enemy. And you have to be connected emotionally to get that. I can tell you now. Esther said here, for we, this is the key, for we have been sold. She said, if I and my people, she didn't say, all right, those Jews, the Jewish people. She associates. She said, I associate with my people. So this is a big retraining for us because we think association discounts us from the blessing. Please let it land what I just said. You think emotional association will discount you from the blessing because you'll get too emotional and you'll have the wrong feelings as we just talked about, the wrong beliefs, and then you'll disqualify yourself from it. But that is religion. That is religion. Guess what? I'm just going to be real with you. In our search for our house and what God was doing, oh. our family went through some whole, a whole lot of emotions, like up and down, like David. But guess what? God was using all of those emotions to connect us to the next step. The anger, the disappointment, all of it. Pain. The pain. Everything was connecting us to the next step. To push God to be our father. I wanna... And religion would have disqualified us from it because, oh Lord, well, you know, well, we don't get that now because, you know, we kind of lost it the other day and, 
you know, sat on the park bench and said, I don't think you're being a very good dad, dad. This doesn't feel like love. This doesn't feel like hope. Mm. But that created a conversation. (laughs) And we get so scared of it because of religion. Oh, I can't tell him about what I actually feel. Can't tell him what I actually am thinking. He already knows. (laughs) I'm just going to adjust the bottom button and not get to the top button. He's letting you tell yourself what you say. (laughs) He already knows your conversation before you have it. So he knows what's in your heart. Breathe it out. But I want to give you a testimony because um, this is really, really important here. And this testimony is... uh, Last week I, I did uh, a blessing the people, uh, double portion, and I am hearing one testimony after another. Sydney, Australia have picked it up. There are doors opening to uh, modelling agencies. There was work opening up. There are things opening up because they know... This is that scripture for such a time as this. You give a prophet, a prophet, a place to stay, and he'll give you get the double portion reward. And I'm not saying to do this. I'm just saying you, this is what's happening. I had this young girl contact me and say to me, thanks, Pastor, I've been so scared to ever walk through that door. I got rejected or something like that. But I walked through it, now I have an appointment. Yeah. How many of you walking through doors? Come on, come on, come on. You're still trying to work out which part of it's for such a time as this. Who it's for? Is it for the devil? Are we prophesying this is the devil's time right now? Are we prophesying if it's the world's time now? Or are we prophesying believing it's the church's time now? Come on, come on, I'm asking you. I'm asking you, anybody get what I'm saying here? Oh, well, I can't go there because of the situation. Well, I don't know that Esther ever got restricted once they got the okay to fight. Did she? With Mordecai being the prime minister and her being the queen? Don't you think it was truly, it could be said for such a time as this, it's our time now. It's our time now. It's our turn now. The Lord said to me today, clearly, if people keep wanting to go back and waiting for it to all sort out and become normal again, I can't come. I nearly fell out of the bath with that one. I can tell you when I was sitting in there and he said, do you know I can't come? Because there has to be a change. But we think the world's involved in that change. I'm telling you, I've realised more than forever now that the change that we have is nothing to do with the devil. Nothing to do with the devil. The devil, he's just going about doing all his evil, right? 
but the word of God doesn't apply to him. The blessing doesn't apply to him. It just reveals who he is. It doesn't apply to him. It just reveals who he is, an angel of light. An unemployed cherub. Yes. Are we getting this? Are you really getting this? Because as a church, we've lived in fear. Mm. Who's lived in fear through COVID? Get down the front and tell God I don't want it anymore. Come on, run to the front and get it cleaned up. That's right. There's no new normal. No new normal. Come on. Don't be apprehensive. No more new normals. I fear I'm going to die. I fear I'm not going to have money. fear of not having a job. I fear the taxation department's going to get me. Come on. I fear I'll never get married. Come on. This is what the Lord said. In the 12th month, that is the month of Adar, funny enough, March, the, th- the time came for the king's command and his decree to be executed. On that day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped, had hoped, receive it, church, had hoped to overpower them, but the opposite occurred in that the Jews themselves overpowered those who hated them. The Jews gathered together in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus to lay hands on those who sought their harm. And no one could withstand them because fear of them fell upon all the people around them. So let me just say something to you. For such a time as this, I am She knows, Tatiana. For such a time as this, I'm healed. Where are you? For such a time as this, I get everything I need, Christina, to be all that I'm called to be. Financially, emotionally, spiritually. For such a time as this, All that you've ever said to me, Lord, is mine. Amanda, the job, the business, everything. Not just that, I become a woman for such a time as this. You've been sharing a blessing that God's giving you with the world, with demons and with evil. I don't ever want you to associate for such a time as this to do with anything to do with evil. Do you get it? Do you understand it? Because she didn't become queen for all. She came, became queen for the children of Israel. You don't, you don't get it? I think I'd get excited. She wow. became queen only for God's people. And they all had to come under 
anyone else had to come under what God said. By the judgment or blessing, they came under it because he made it clear that it was for his people. I don't know if you get that. Do you get it? Somebody needs to do a somersault. Somebody needs to jump up and down. (laughs) Somebody needs to do something. Somebody needs to see that it's time. For such a time as this, I'm healed and I'm delivered. I'm healed and I'm delivered. That doesn't mean I wait. I'm healed and I'm delivered. It's talking about present tense right now. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but right now. This is what it is. And so I wanted you to get this tonight. I wanted you to get this. I wanted you to take a hold of what God promised and start to apply it and start to be led by his spirit where to go and what to do and what to say and who to visit. Because Esther made it possible through the love of God Almighty. We are the ones that came for that. She paid that price for that freedom. Mordecai paid a price for our freedom. Yep. And of course, the ultimate was Jesus Christ paid the, the price for everyone's freedom. Yep. We don't take God's promises and apply them. We just read them. Mm. Hit the button. We just read them. But if I've got a sore, I need to put some ointment on it straight away. Yep. All right? And we have the oil. We have the oil of anointing here. We have the ointment which was made, made, that was made of all those anointings and placed in places. The oil gets placed. You don't just look at it. You've Mm -hmm. got to place it somewhere. The anointing looks good on paper, but it doesn't act on paper. It doesn't act on paper. I'm sorry. I'm telling you. God is saying to you tonight, as such a time as this applies to you, stop applying it to the world and stop applying it to the evil enemy. Mm. And Pastor, this time, the Lord is saying, this time when you fight, you're fighting from Identity, not for identity. Hallelujah. Okay? There's a difference in your fight this time. You're fighting from identity, not for it. So when you fight from identity, there's a different fight that comes into your spirit, man. There's a fight that says, I'm not taking no for an answer. There's a fight that says, right, you're going to bless me. Jacob, you're going to bless me and I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Yes. 
But such a time as this has got to be words that ring in your ear because they will go with everything you think about, Mm. ask about and doubt about. I don't think you heard me. The big one is doubting. Breathe it out. Is it now the time? Is it now such a time as this? Is it now the time for my business? Yes. Is it now the time? The scriptures clearly say for such a time as this. This is why these little children get their answers so very quickly. Okay, come up here. I want you to come up. I want you to come up. I want, he's got a major testimony about his cousins. Did tell you us what pray you were asking, a prayer? You were asking the Lord about for, tell us what happened and then tell us what you were asking the Lord about and what he did. About your cousins. Oh, well, uh... you were upset with the Lord because you didn't have your cousins around. I was really sad that my cousins were moved away because they were in South Carolina and I really missed them. But this week I got to see them two times. So, yeah, I'm really thankful for that, that I finally got to see them. And there's a little bit more of that story. He's there been was praying. Just, there was a break, a breakdown yep. in relationship, and he thought he'd never see them again. And he, he was quite upset with the Lord, weren't you? Remember you said to me, I'm angry with the Lord. Not angry, angry, but, yeah, but I was really emotional. Yeah. Be yes. angry, but do not sin. We know what yeah, you're saying. We know what you're yeah. saying. And so this little boy reached out to God and he turned up, even though the circumstances looked impossible. I'm telling you, majorly impossible. It only happened. This weekend. Thank you. But that's a little boy that's not going to look at circumstances. He's just going to look at what he just asked God for. Got the faith of a little child. Don't be childish, but have the faith of a little child. Thank you. So, in wrapping up, thank you. Thanks, Caleb. Maybe you can lay Give hands God on some of the adults. Give God the glory for this little man. A miracle happened. And I know that Elizabeth is rejoicing at that miracle, and so is Joshua. Major miracle. Major, major miracle. And uh, there's more on the way. More on the way. So for such a time as this, in Times Square, I watched tonight. It's the end of Ramadan. And they are having their fast broken. And they are filling up Times Square. Well, it's the beginning of Passover, so hallelujah. So they brought their message. But guess what? They don't have the promise of for such a time as this. (laughs) 
Yeah, let's stand and give God the glory, guys. It's an unusual portal, but it had to be done because you've been giving the honour and the glory to the world and to demons. Ah, demons and also to the devil, evil. I will not associate that wonderful word from the Lord with anything to do with evil because it was not given for that reason. So let's stand and bless our God. Come on, hallelujah. So be seated. We'll finish off. What the Lord is saying is this double adar. He's giving you a double season to fight for yourself. Church, he's giving you a double season to fight. He's not giving you one season. He's giving you a double season. Okay? So don't sit in the corner anymore and say, okay, Lord, you know, bring it to me. It's not going to be brought to you. Okay? Those days are over because he's done something with the world so that you can fight, so that you can be blessed. The Jews, when they fought, they were blessed. Yes. Okay? If they had stayed in their homes and said, oh, let's just pray that they don't come and kill us, they would have been overpowered. But by standing up and fighting together, they overpowered those that tried to overpower them. So if we all stand up and fight, there will be more that are for us than those that are against us. Okay? And that's what we have to realize. We're letting that, that world tell us there's more against us. But just like Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes so that he may see those that are with us are more than those that are against us. Okay? So I'm going to pray that the Lord open your eyes tonight to see... That for such a time as this, you have more with you than more against you. And every bit of fight that the last two years have stolen from you, you need to take back. That's right. You need to take it back. You need to get your double adar on tonight and you need to rise up, raise your right hand and say, you know what, I'm standing up and I'm fighting. I'm fighting for my job. I'm fighting for my marriage. I'm fighting for my inheritance. I'm not letting no mandate, no vaccine, no nothing. Tell me this is the way it's going to be from, out, from now on. There is no new normal. There's only God's normal. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, we just commit to you tonight. Lord, we have in ways cowered. We have in ways let the world tell us that it's for such a time as this for evil to reign, Lord, for the negative to have more power than the power of God. And we've tried to look for silver linings, but that isn't faith. Looking for the silver lining is not faith. Positivity is not faith. The goodness of God is faith. The goodness of who you are. So tonight, Lord, raise your hands as an apostle. I just release that double Adar fighting anointing back into the saints that they would not give up, that they would not, Lord, relinquish, that they would not cower, that they would allow you to progress and grow the word to be bigger than what they thought, even imagined, Lord. I just say, Father, 
right now that every part of the fight that COVID has stolen, that 2021 tried to steal, we just say right now, we are taking it back in Jesus' name. And we say for such a time as this, we have been given the double blessing by the Lord. The double blessing in Jesus' name. Holding on for a rainy day. I'll keep it because there could be a rainy day. Guys, you've got to get lots of rainy days. If you want the sun to shine, let the Lord show you what to do. Amen. 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 God Amen. bless you guys. Amen. What a portal. That was the quickest portal in history, Pastor Robert. That was the quickest portal in history. Oh, my Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. Well, Pastor Tony, I think we're going to close now. Can you do the salvation call for such a time as this for our viewers online? And then Hallelujah. we're going to close out. If anyone is uh, watching us for the first time, or even if you've been a regular visitor and you haven't made a commitment to Jesus Christ, we want to give you an opportunity to exercise faith which is being dispersed upon you by the grace of God. The gospel tells us if we believe in the offering of Jesus as sufficient payment for all of our sins, God will honour that faith and he will give us eternal life and he will raise us up bodily on the last day. And as the pastors have been sharing with us tonight, Dr. Robin, Pastor Nate, myself, this is such a time for you to be saved. Come on. Don't put this off till tomorrow because tomorrow may not come. If you know in your heart there is a pull, this is the grace of God reaching out to you and he is asking you to exercise faith by believing in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Okay? How you enter into this relationship with the Father is to pray this simple prayer. It's, it's an invitation by you to God for forgiveness. So pray this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins and wash me clean with the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and he rose again to give me life with you. Lord Jesus, come and live in my heart and fill me with your spirit. Let me have true communion with you, not based on performance or religious acts, but total intimacy. I believe in you, Jesus, and I am thankful that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. We want to connect with you. The next step is vital. The next step is vital. We need to get you familiar with the message of the gospel. You need to understand God's great love for you that he would even sacrifice his son as a ransom for your life. Please contact us, info at talknyc.org. 
and we will get, we will get, sorry, we will get, I'm learning how to be tech savvy. We will get a Bible in your hands and we will also get you into a church that's going to help your newfound relationship with Jesus along the way. God bless you. We'll see you here soon. Amen. Good night to our online audience. We love you. Thank you for tuning in and being with us. The such a time as this is for you. As you are a part of this house, take this word and chew on it, marinate on it. Don't give it away to anyone else. It applies to you. Let it be for you first. We love you and God bless. And it's corporate and it's individual. Come on. So corporately as a body of Christ and individually as people of God. That's it. God bless. We love you. We'll see you next week. And now church, we're going to put some fight back in you without... Hallelujah. Yeah, let's have our team move this out as quick as we can. Praise God. Yeah, stream to um, talk moments.